Welcome to Windsor Christian Fellowship Church Podcast. Our church vision is to win generations to Christ, connect them to His master plan, empower them to succeed, and grow the kingdom of God. For other podcast resources or more information about Windsor Christian Fellowship, please visit us at www.wcf.ca. Christ. There's the Antichrist spirit that's in the earth, and then there's Antichrist or false teachers. 1 John 2.18, children, it's the last hour. And just if you heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have appeared, for we know that it's the last hour. And in 2 John 1.7, for many deceivers have gone out into the world, those who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ is coming in the flesh. This is the deceiver and the Antichrist. You can go into the Antichrist spirit. I can do that. <clears throat> the Antichrist spirit is represented by one who denies the person and work of Christ, denies that Jesus is the Messiah, and denies the father-son relationship between God the Father and God the Son. And um, uh, again, going to 1 John chapter 4, verses 2 to 3, it says, By this we know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, of which you have heard that is coming and now is already in the world. And it seems that as we progress more and more or closer to the last days, as the Bible describes, that spirit of Antichrist becomes more and more and more evident and more and more dominant. Yeah, you can see, I mean, you turn on the news and you, you can see that, that Antichrist spirit at work slowly changing the culture, slowly adjusting things. Um, we got a video clip uh, called If I Were the Devil. Um, and I, I really want everyone here to, to listen to, to the words, listen to the verbiage of, of how it describes things. Uh, guys, you got that clip? Paul Harvey. If I were the devil, if I were the prince of darkness, I'd want to engulf the whole world in darkness, and I'd have a third of its real estate and four-fifths of its population, but I wouldn't be happy until I had seized the ripest apple on the tree, the. So I'd set about, however necessary, to take over the United States. I'd subvert the churches first. I'd begin with a campaign of whispers. With the wisdom of a servant, I would whisper to you as I whispered to Eve, do as you please. To the young, I would whisper that the Bible is a myth. I would convince them that man created God instead of the other way around. I would confide that what's bad is good and what's good is square. And the old, I would teach to pray after me, our Father, which art in Washington. And then I'd get organized. I'd educate authors in how to make lurid literature exciting so that anything else would appear dull or uninteresting. I'd threaten TV with dirtier movies and vice versa. I'd peddle narcotics to whom I could. I'd sell alcohol to ladies and gentlemen of distinction. I'd tranquilize the rest with pills. If I were the devil, I'd soon have families at war with themselves, churches at war with themselves, and nations at war with themselves until each in its turn was consumed. And with promises of higher ratings, I'd have mesmerizing media fanning the flames. If I were the devil, I would encourage schools to refine young intellects, but neglect to discipline emotions, just let those run wild. Until before you knew it, you'd have to have drug-sniffing dogs and metal detectors at every schoolhouse door. Within a decade, I'd have prisons overflowing, 
I got judges promoting pornography. Soon I could evict God from the courthouse, then from the schoolhouse, and then from the houses of Congress. And in his own churches, I would substitute psychology for religion and deify science. I would lure priests and pastors into misusing boys and girls and church money. If I were the devil, I'd make the symbol of Easter an egg and the symbol of Christmas a bottle. If I were the devil, I'd take from those who have and give to those who want it until I had killed the incentive of the ambitious. What'll you bet? I couldn't get whole states to promote gambling as the way to get rich. I would caution against extremes in hard work, in patriotism, in moral conduct. I would convince the young that marriage is old-fashioned, that swinging is more fun, that what you see on TV is the way to be. And thus I could undress you in public, and I could lure you into bed with diseases for which there is no cure. In other words, if I were the devil, I'd just keep right on doing what he's doing. Paul Harvey. Good day. So that um, was from a broadcast from 1965, 56 years ago. Does it sound like he's describing today's culture, today's society, with such precision? Like, how did the world come to this? Was it just rampant sin? I, I think people just let their guard down and got comfortable. Complacent? Apathy in the church. People stopped praying. People stopped going to war against the enemy, stopped engaging the culture. And uh, they allowed the enemy to find his way in. The spirit of the Antichrist has been work at work in, in this world for quite a while. Um, and like you said, yeah, apathy... You know, when good men do nothing, evil, evil abounds, evil thrives. But make no mistake, the spirit of the Antichrist was following a very detailed playbook, slowly twisting and slowly adjusting the culture from the inside. This didn't happen overnight. This happened over decades and decades and decades. And here we are now as he's preparing the way for the Antichrist. Yeah, the, the Antichrist spirit, it has some characteristics that we probably... Like, the way that it operates, maybe we'll get to the characteristics later, if time allows. But how it operates in the earth, the first thing we should look at is maybe that the Antichrist spirit hates God. You know, Satan, he wants all the attention that really belongs to God. And, and we do this, and we don't even know it, because how many know music is worship? Yeah. And you're worshiping something. I mean, there's probably some neutral music, but most music, you're worshiping something or someone. And, and a lot of times he's corrupted music that God made good to bring worship to himself instead of to the creator who deserves it, you know. And God deserves worship. God loves righteousness and goodness. So Satan hates it, right? Because he hates God and anything that God represents. And then we see the process by which he attacked prayer in schools, Right? And he started taking prayer out of schools. And then he started taking prayer out of the political realm. And then he started taking any belief and structure that the nation was founded on that was linked to the scriptures. And he started trying to make breaks from that. You know, if you were to go up to Ottawa and look at our parliament, there is scripture embedded into that building. Yeah. In stone. And that probably drives the enemy crazy. Yeah. But when we look at the people that are 
legislating within that building, sometimes I wonder if they remember the foundation upon which this country was founded. So true. You know, another one is the Antichrist spirit hates life. He hates life, period. Um, John 10, verse 10, just the very first part, it says, the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. Is it no wonder that we see such a lack of respect for human life? Um, Would they abort 11 million babies in North America last year? Entire generation's gone. 11 million, that's more than some countries. You know, and along with that, the Antichrist hates the family. The attack on the family unit, it's, it's mind-boggling. Um, you know, in today's culture, we're seeing not only that marriages are very difficult to maintain, but there seems to be between the relationship between parents and children an incredible disrespect. Um, where, and you know, is it something that's taught in school? Is it just the Antichrist spirit that's infiltrating in their lives in ways that we don't realize. But yeah, there's um, an incredible attack on the family as well. When the government steps in and starts telling the parents how to parent their children, yeah, that should raise some red flags for you. When the government comes in and takes away your ability to parent, take note, something's happening here. This is the Antichrist spirit at work. You know, when they can censor just about anything on the internet, but they can't censor porn that destroys families, that destroys young ladies' lives, young men's lives, destroys, you know, they, they, they can shut down a narrative about a, a political figure that they don't like, but they can't stop child porn. It doesn't make sense to me. There's something wrong with this. That's because the Antichrist spirit hates the family and it's so ingrained in the culture and some of the people that sit on the tops of the seven hills and they allow things that should not be because this antichrist spirit is operating within the earth well it falls too that the antichrist spirit hates authority right in romans 130 the apostle paul refers to hardened sinners as insolent which means showing a rude or arrogant lack of respect and in Paul's description of, of the deeds of the flesh, he also mentions relievers. A reliever is one who uses abusive or contemptuous speech. What do you mean? Revilers. What he said. <laughs> um, what, what, what are you talking about when they, when they say that type of speech? What is that referring to? Um, for me, I see the whole defund the police movement as revilers that hate authority. Yep. And you know, it's, it's disheartened the people that put their lives on the line every day for us. I've talked to many officers that don't even want to be on the street anymore because the culture that we've created, that this Antichrist spirit has created is so horrible. Should I talk about the mess that our military is in right now? No, for real. Because the lack of authority in the land, that hatred for authority, is creating challenges, not just in the families, 
but it's creating challenges in the cities, it's creating challenges in the provinces and in the country. Ultimately, all the nations of the earth. So there's a lot of people that, you know, I call them uh, uh, social media warriors. They're real tough when they're behind the keyboard. That's right. <laughs> but you get them in a real conversation with someone that knows what they're talking about, and boy, they shut up real fast. You know, they talk tough, but they never produce. That's that whole, I hate authority. I want to rebel against authority, but they do it from a distance because they're cowards. And uh, you see these movements right now all over the land where there's, you know, um, vandalism and rioting and, and there, this is an anti-establishment, anti-authority that's happening in the land, but that's the Antichrist spirit at work. Social justice is something that the church should own, right? Not in the context of what you see today with people rioting or graffiti on the walls or building out, burning out buildings. It, it belongs to us. It belongs to the elected. And if we're not doing anything, then we're not standing against anything. Then we, we allow this. We allow this to, to activate. We allow this to happen in our country, in our city, on our streets, right? And it goes along again. Evil thrives when, when good men and women do nothing. So on that note, <clears throat> the only organization I feel that can do social justice properly is the church because they're the only ones that have the humility to understand that they have the best interests of the people they're fighting for in mind. Most of the other social justice organizations that you see out there have an ulterior motive or another agenda that they're operating within and they're not helping people that they're designed to help. They're propping up the people in the organization to give them a voice for their own political agenda. And you have to be careful of this because we can be easily deceived and easily misled. Yep. Yeah. That's why we stay true to the word of God. The Antichrist spirit hates the word of God, especially the prophetic word of God. You know, when you, um, I love the story of Elijah. You know, Elijah went and destroyed the lie or the deceptor of who was God. And um, Baal had their altar. Elijah had his altar for God. And we know the story. Fire came down as Elijah called and burned up the altar. And, and the prophets of Baal um, were destroyed. And as a result, Jezebel threatened Elijah's life. And... Um, <clears throat> She got so angry, she, she was hell-bent on killing him, and it sent Elijah on a tailspin, being deceived even of his own value, thinking that he was the only one. We must pray for all those speaking and proclaiming the truth of God's word, the prophets of today, the messengers of God's word for today. We need the courage to speak, especially when God asks us to step on toes and break the rules of political correctness. I want, I want to unpack that for a second, though. Picture that moment when Elijah called down that fire. I mean, his chest out, his chin strong, his shoulders back. He, he knew. He knew in the marrow of his bones that his God wasn't going to let him down. But what happened right after that? What small thing changed his countenance? Right? Jezebel, a lie. Yeah. He believed. He was distracted. 
by a he light. He just saw fire come down from the sky and burn everything up. I mean, after that, wouldn't you think you'd be like, all right, man, we can do anything. Like, we got this. But he, he allowed that, that little bit, that small voice, to distract him from what he just experienced. Probably, quite possibly, one of the biggest moments in his life. Yep. And, and it's, it, it tells you something, church, that even the smallest little, you know, over here, look, look at this, right? Can pull you away look from... Look at squirrel. Squirrel? There's another one. <laughs> everywhere watch out for them demonic squirrels you know what i'm saying like don't hit him with your car or anything i'm just but just they're out there but no 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 it, it, it speaks volumes to me that if we keep our eyes on god if we keep our eyes on the truth if we keep our eyes on on the word um then we don't let those little evil squirrels in then uh then i think we're gonna do okay yeah but the antichrist also hates the church yes he does you know, as Canadians, it's over 150 years now that we've been enjoying religious freedom. Take a look around you. What's happening with all those freedoms? There seems to be a target on the church right now in Canada. Well, what Satan, was that? Satan hates the church. 63 or something number, don't quote me, churches have been burned down in the past uh, year or so, year and a half. Yeah, there's been quite a few. Quite a few. But a that's lot understandable. Of... <sighs> Why? No, it's not. That's what they're saying, though. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we keep saying you need to pray like you've never prayed before, but there's a reason we need to pray like we've never prayed before. That's right. It's not a time for the church to coast. It's a time for the church to engage. Uh, we have a clip that we'd like to play. Um, from a, a movie called uh, Captain America Winter Soldier. Anyone seen it? A couple of hands. And uh, let's, let's play that clip. L listen to the words very, very carefully of what uh, the Accessing archive. The Hydra was founded on the belief that humanity could not be trusted with its own freedom. What we did not realize was that if you try to take that freedom, they resist. The war taught us much. Humanity needed to surrender its freedom willingly. After the war, S.H.I.E.L.D. was founded and I was recruited. The new Hydra grew, a beautiful parasite inside S.H.I.E.L.D. For 70 years, Hydra has been secretly feeding crisis, reaping war. And when history did not cooperate, history was changed. That's impossible. She'll have stopped you. Accidents will happen. Hydra created a world so chaotic that humanity is finally ready to sacrifice its freedom to gain its security. Once the purification process is complete, Hydra's new world order will arise. We won, Captain. Your death amounts to the same as your life, a zero sum. But seven years ago, Hollywood was already at work to alter your thought process regarding an agenda which is happening today. You know, he says they are happy to trade their freedom for security. 
or say your safety with a virus? The illusion of? The media today and its various platforms are used as a weapon of mass destruction. If enough people believe the narrative, it becomes an illusion of truth. Has anyone ever heard the term, it's trending? If it's trending, it's replaced the truth. So take the word Hydra out of that speech and put the World Economic Forum in there. Yeah. Wait, what? Oh, that's just a conspiracy, Pastor RJ. Look. We need to wake up and start reading the data that people have out there and what their agenda is and what they're trying to accomplish in the earth. Okay? It's time that the church stops hiding their head in the sand like an ostrich. Okay? We really have to understand fear is driving so much behavior even in the church. We as Christians, I've said it and said it and said it, we need to stop making fear-based decisions. We have to make faith-based decisions. We have to come into line with the truth from the word of God. But I'm telling you, if you're not careful, the illusion becomes your truth. And if the illusion becomes your reality, then you're living a lie. You're not living in truth. Go ahead. You know, I've had many conversations with people, like, how do you really know what's truth? How do you know that what you think is a lie is not actually truth, and vice versa? Yes. And, um, you know, it's, it's a really valid point. And um, I have a story that I'd like to share. It's a true story um, of something that I experienced while living in Bolivia. And... Uh, in Bolivia, it's very, very common for people to pass uh, counterfeit money. And um, by some unfortunate event, I happened to cross a counterfeit $100, US $100 bill. And, um, you know, because I, I just didn't know. And, um, but whenever you go shopping. You got taken? I got taken. I got taken. But you know, Unsavory and there's people. a story behind that, but just for the sake of time, I'm, I'm going to avoid that story because it's a little embarrassing anyway. <laughs> That's the story we want to hear, dude. <laughs> you do. We can skip the story. <laughs> so, but you know, like whenever you go shopping, even, even to the markets in Bolivia, they're very, very astute at uh, recognizing and picking up on whether they're being passed counterfeit money or not. And um, interestingly, um, with my $100 fake bill um, coming to Canada one time, I uh, took my $100 fake bill and I went to the bank and I asked the uh, bank teller, please understand, I knew this bank teller, we have a relationship, so it's not like I was just trying to snooker somebody in, but I, but I passed her the bill and asked if she could exchange it for Canadian money. And she says, absolutely. And so she goes about her thing and she, she counts out the Canadian exchange and she's about to give me the Canadian money. And I says, are you sure you want to do that? And she looks at me and she says, why? And I says, well, maybe you need to take a look at that bill again. She looks at me, why? Um, and finally I says, well, it's fake. Eyes big, oh. And um, so she takes a look at it and she went to test it. And sure enough, it's fake. But I thought to myself, isn't that strange that in the bank in Canada, she didn't pick up on the fact that the bill was fake. Whereas if I was to go to any merchant in Bolivia, 
they knew. And they, very quickly, they knew. And so it caused me to ask questions. Why? How do they know so quickly? And the answer is this. They know what a real bill looks like. They don't know what fake bills look like because that's always changing. But they know what the true bill really looks like. Focus on what? Truth. So, you know, um, we need to focus on what is truth. As we go through this session today, I know we're talking about the Antichrist, Antichrist spirit, Antichrists, everything that is false. But did you notice what the worship was this morning? Who is Jesus? Right? Focus on Jesus. So we are going to talk about some of the characteristics of the Antichrist. Absolutely. But knowing in that as well, that as we do that, you need to know what is truth. Yeah. She gets it. If you don't have an understanding of truth, you're going to fall for any lie. And just because a lie gets shoved in your face all the time. In fact, some of you have probably done this where you've told a lie so many times you believe it actually happened that way. Sure, you create your own narrative, right? We <laughs> that is inappropriate and accurate. <laughs> I'm going to say not mine. <laughs> but you know, I, w- I want to I introduce this, this part here. Yeah. Okay, so when we're talking about the Antichrist, one of the first questions people ask is, do you think the Antichrist is already here? And, or, and the next follow-up question is, who do you think the Antichrist is? And you notice that Jeremiah and I were putting up our hands before. You know, but go ahead, Jeremiah. You, you can steal my thunder. No, 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 no. I'm, so, I'm sorry. I apologize. Go ahead. No, no, no. Okay, so this, no. Um, <laughs> we, uh, we had a really good discussion. Uh, there's a list. There's a couple of lists, actually, on, on the Internet of the top candidates for the Antichrist. I'm, I'm 100% serious. So we're going through the list when we're, we're kind of in one of our sessions just spitballing back and forth, and there are some very interesting names on the list. Very interesting names. Now, you could probably look at some subtleties and draw a lot of correlations to people and, and whatnot, but my guy that I was like, hmm, Justin Trudeau. Is on, he's, listen, he's on the list. I'm not making this up. Okay. He's working hard to stay on the list. It's not Justin Trudeau. It's based on what, sir? Okay, here we go. I'll do it. Okay, go ahead. I'll do it. Throughout history, people have attributed to political leaders that they're unhappy with that they're the Antichrist. Think names like Donald Trump, Joe Biden, Obama, Hillary. What about Hitler? Yes. Well, I know you like Hitler. Hitler! No, no, he doesn't like Hitler. He likes Hitler for the list. Context, dude. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And also, earlier with the counterfeit bill, he didn't technically commit a felony because you didn't exchange it. You nope. were close, but as a teaching moment. Exactly, and they were so grateful. They actually asked if they could keep the bill for a while to analyze it, uh-huh. which I left it with them. Yeah. Yes. Your picture's you, on as you, well. You do like um, Hitler for that list. Yeah, I do. There's some people that talk about that. There's a lot of people that also teach that it's the Roman Catholic Church 
that it's going to be the Pope that comes forth. And, you know, there's a lot of speculation about this. And, and I guess we're going to have to watch for the day that a peace treaty gets signed in Israel. And that will be a good indication that the person who brokers that could be a good candidate for this list, probably the candidate for this list. So what you're saying is it's not so important that we're focusing on who it is, but his actions, his fruits, his yes. characteristics. Characteristics. Yeah. Because yep. that's what the Bible clearly defines is his characteristics as, as his actions will fall into the, these headings. But even in the greater scale, there's many people on the earth that are operating in the Antichrist spirit right now, including teachers that sit in pulpits like this and try to teach the word of God, but they twist it. We have to be careful of that every t every time we come up here. We pray, God, help us to speak truth. Yep. Well, my greatest fear. The elect, the elect will, will, will fall deceived. Because, you know, and that's why sometimes we're like, well, we don't know. It could be this or it could be this. Because, you know what? I don't want to make an assumption that I know. Because it's not clear. So, here's some of the descriptors the Bible gives us for the Antichrist. Actually, I'll throw this in as a bonus before we go into the counterfeit. Uh-oh. There's a verse that gets so misinterpreted about until he that hindereth is removed. Mm. Okay. And I'll just say this. There's many people that teach that that's the church being raptured out of here. That's right. But my question for them is, can you show me another place in the New Testament where the church is referred to in the masculine? Because the church is the bride of Christ. So it should be until she that hindereth is removed, not until he that hindereth is removed. So I have a theological problem with that statement when they say that it's the church being raptured. But anyway, who's the restrainer? We don't know at this point. Some teach that from Daniel, it's Michael the archangel. Okay. And when Michael stands up and stops defending Israel, the restrainer is going to be released and they're going to come against the nation of Israel. Some, I mean, we had a conversation the other day. <laughs> Could it be Donald Trump that was the restrainer? Like, you know, like, there's, it's speculation. Yeah, yeah. We don't know, so let's not assume. So the first thing we know about the Antichrist is he's a counterfeit, okay? In 2 Timothy 3.8, these teachers oppose the truth just as Jans and Jambres oppose Moses. They have depraved minds and a counterfeit faith. Mm -hmm. you, you know who Jans and Jambres is? They were the sorcerers that... Uh, you know, Pharaoh, Moses walks in, he throws a staff down, it turns into a snake, so Jansen and Jeremy's come in, and they simulated turning their staffs into a snake. How many say they were operating in some demonic power? Oh, yeah. Now, Moses' staff consumed the other two, which is signifying the power of his God was greater. And we know that our God is greater. Okay, but... Second Thessalonians 2 Thessalonians 2.9, they read it. The man will come to do the work of Satan with counterfeit power, signs and miracles. Matthew 24, 23 to 25. Then if anyone tells you, look, here's the Messiah, or there he is, don't believe it. For false messiahs and false prophets will rise up and perform great signs and wonders so as to deceive, if possible, even God's chosen ones. See, I've warned you about this ahead of time. Revelation 13, 13, he did astounding miracles, even making fire flash down to earth from the sky while everyone was watching. Sounds like they're trying to duplicate Elijah. Yeah, it's a counterfeit. Yep. He's reading from God's playbook. He doesn't make anything new. He just tries to take what, what God already did. So you're going to see some false signs and wonders in the earth. And if you only look to the miracles and the signs and wonders, 
you could be deceived. Jazz hands. Yeah, jazz hands. You can see signs and wonders, miracles, and gold dust. Gold dust. See? Uh, you will defy God and seek to change Jewish laws and festivals. Daniel 7, verse 25 says, He will defy the Most High and oppress the holy people of the Most High. He will try to change their sacred festivals and laws, and they will be placed under his control for a time, times, and half a time. It's three and a half years. He will come as the savior of the Jewish people. Daniel 9.27, the ruler will make a treaty with the people for a period of one set of seven. But after half this time, he will put an end to the sacrifices and the offerings. And as a climax to his terrible deeds, he will set up a sacrilegious object that causes desecration until the fate decreed for this defiler is his final put out on him. That's, that's a really key component, guys. Um, setting himself up in the holy places. Right, and it, it follows too with he will change the Jewish laws and festivals. Yep, he's going to be great. I'm for the Jewish people, 100% behind you guys. You guys are doing great. All right, stop. So it seems that at some point, the Jewish people are going to rebuild the temple, reinstitute sacrifice, and start sacrificing like they did in the old covenant. Yep. Three and a half years into this, the Antichrist is going to go and stop the sacrificial process and put himself in a place false prophet to be worshipped instead that's that's what this is telling me that's fairly clear but he's a master deceiver we have to watch because he will be a master of deception and will become arrogant he will destroy many without warning and he will even take on the prince of princes in battle he will be broken though not by human power the antichrist is actually going to be so arrogant he's going to take on christ you think Satan would have learned the first time he got kicked out of heaven that it wasn't going to end so well for him? But, you know, don't you remember when you were a kid and there was that one kid on the playground that thought he could come and tackle you and you just threw him down and then he got up and he came at you again? So you threw him down again? I was that kid. Oh. <laughs> that got thrown down or the one that was throwing the kids? I, at a certain point in my life, I would get beat up almost every day on my ride home from school. Hey, it's not, she was really tough. <laughs> I'm serious. It was this, this girl that uh, I don't even want to go. Just move on. <laughs> Daniel eleven twenty one. The next to come to power will be a despicable man who's not in line for royal succession. He will slip in when least expected and take over the kingdom by flattery and intrigue. Interesting. Flattery, intrigue. You know, oh, it's all about the mysteries. Seven mysteries. Seven things you didn't know about. I want to bounce to uh, his ability to speak. Okay. All right. He's frank with a great ability to speak. Now, um, Pastor Larry, and we were talking about who's on the list, and he's got some votes for Hitler. Hitler was one of the most magnetic speakers on earth. He convinced an entire country, an uh, entire group of people, to eradicate another. And it shows here that Revelation 13, 5 to 8, then the beast was allowed to speak with great blasphemies against God, and he was given authority to do whatever he wanted for 42 months. And he spoke terrible words of blasphemy against God, slandering his name in his dwelling, that is, those who dwell in heaven. And the beast was allowed to wage war against God's holy people 
and to conquer them. That's a key Pause. factor right there. You do realize that when the Antichrist comes to power on earth, he is going to hunt down the true followers of Christ. It says many will be slain. But if that's us, we get a white robe. <laughs> we get a better resurrection. So there's actually power and authority in that because I think the greatest honor as a Christian would be to die for your faith. Yeah. That's the greatest honor. Cowards, cowards don't die for their faith. You know, it's one of the things that we teach actually, and you know, as we go through the design to lead course, is we have to come to the realization to be okay with death. Because, you know, our service, our life is not for ourselves. It's for Jesus Christ. It's for his, it's for his glory. And, and so he's the one that numbers our days. Right? Do you trust him with that? Quick note too. Think of the opportunity that you could show the enemy the depths of your love for Jesus in that moment. Mm. Think about that for a second. As you die and you stand in front of your king and he sees what you did. Oh, sign me up for that. I love it, but I'm still trying to get the church to die daily. (laughs) Hey, thanks for ruining the gravitas of my statement there. I'm like heartfelt, and he's like, yeah, dying every day, huh? All right, thanks. thanks. (laughs) Okay, so let's carry on here. Some of the other other characteristics are a fierce countenance. He's very proud. He will possess supernatural powers. And I just want to read a couple verses on this one uh, because I think this is important because we often think the devil can't do what Jesus did, okay? But this is the whole element of that that, uh, deceptiveness, Because this is what God's word says. He will become very strong, but not by his own power. He will cause a shocking amount of destruction and succeed in everything he does. He will destroy powerful leaders and devastate the holy people. That's Daniel 8.24. Sorry for the guys upstairs. I should have read the reference first. Revelation 13 verse 2 says, This beast looked like a leopard, but he had the feet of a bear and the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave the beast his own power and throne and great authority. And so some of the other scriptures that we read earlier talked about the ability to call down fire, the ability to do miracles and wonders. And so this is where it very easily can become deceptive, where it even possibly deceives the elect, as Jesus said in Matthew 24. Proverbs 29. Proverbs 29, 18. Where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint. But blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instructions. That verse gives me chills. I love that. This knowledge shows us God and his plan for our lives more clearly. Without this knowledge, we are left to wander in the dark and down a path that ultimately leads to distraction and destruction. The Antichrist will have us believe that the battle between God and him is a zero-sum game. The truth is, he can't harm God. He can't hurt God. Does an ant have a quarrel with the boot? <laughs> that was for you. It's a pop reference culture. Um, God being the boot, the devil being the ant. All right? He goes after his kids, us. 
Revelations 1, or Revelations 1st, 2nd John, Daniel, these books give a strong warning about what's to come. This is our Heavenly Father loving us, giving us things to look for, what to do. He wants nothing more than for us to spend eternity with him face to face. We go strong on our knees in prayer, seeking the Holy Spirit, and living our life with purposed obedience. You want to read that last one? 1 John 4. 1 John 4, 4. But you belong to God. Did you hear that? You belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over those people because the spirit who lives in you is greater, say it's greater, greater than the spirit who lives in the world. Stand up with me, please. So two things we want to do here before communion. Um, First thing I want to do is I want to ask you if you've had a chance to surrender your life to Christ. He is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. He is going to rule the universe every single day, whether you acknowledge him or not. One day you will, right? And uh, we can bow before him now in this life, or we can bow before him later, but that won't end so well for you. But it says every, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Christ is Lord. If you haven't had an opportunity to make him Lord of your life, or maybe you have and you haven't taken advantage of that, I want to invite you to step out of your chair and come down to the front and give your life to Christ today. We'll pray with you. We'll lead you down that path to show you the way to Christ so that you can repent of your sin and give your life to him. But then after we give our life to Christ, he he commands us. He says, you need to be baptized in water. And there's something powerful that takes place in that moment when we lay down our past life of sin and shame and doubt and guilt and we come up to a new life with Christ, free from the shame of the past, free from the sin and the shackles it has on our life. It's a public testimony of God's grace and goodness in your life. Is there anyone that needs to make that public testimony today and come down to the front so you can be baptized in water. I see Rick and Dominic are down here and they will, they've got a tank full of water in the back and they can take you and come on down. All right. Is there anyone else? Is there anyone else that wants to stand up for God and, and, and live for him every day and be baptized in water? All right. Come on down. Yes, thank you. Is there anyone else? Today's your day. Okay, and as Jeremiah's getting ready to do the bread, I, I really felt God gave me a word. I'm not exactly sure how it's going to come up. I started jotting some things down during worship. And uh, I just heard, it's time, church. Mm-hmm. And, and I got a sense that God was asking a couple questions. Some are wondering in their heart, God, are you hearing my cry? He wants you to know that every tear is counted. God, why am I walking on this road? And where am I going to turn? And what am I going to do? But God, do you know that this is happening? And he's asking you a question back. Do you know where the road is going? Stay with me. Did I not say I am the way? You've said in your heart, what is truth? God said, did I not say I'm the truth? That's right. You've questioned if this is the life for you. I don't know about this Christian life, man. Did I not say I'm the life? And then I want you to catch this. He says, 
You've been holding the shield with both hands. You're just holding on, waiting for Jesus to come and rescue you. And God's telling you, did I not give you a sword? That's it. You need to start declaring my word. Take courage and trust in my word and stop trembling before your enemies. Declare my word. I have overcome the world and darkness trembles in my presence. Jesus, we thank you for everything you, you spoke today. We, we, we thank you for, for those downloads and, and opening our, our minds, our hearts. But right now, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for, for your body breaking on the cross. Thank you for every, every drop of blood that was spilled from your side, every horror and abuse that you suffered because you saw us and you said they are worth it. Let our lives be a living sacrifice to you and your sacrifice, Lord that we, we live our, our, our lives on our knees praying, not in weakness, but to gain strength. Because of, of your sacrifice on the cross, we live a life of victory. The strength and the power that flowed through you in that moment flows through us. Like what Pastor RJ said, it's time for us to stand up, square our shoulders, look at the oncoming storm and saying, my God is greater than anything you can do. Let our lives be a living sacrifice 